You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Here we are trying to get you ready for training camp. They're just around the corner starting for all the teams. It's almost here that we'll actually have some preseason games as well this year as we prep for an 18-week NFL schedule, 17 games per team. What we want to do is to follow up on our AFC News and Notes updates and analysis going into training camp. Here's going to be the latest on the NFC. So we'll go around all 16 teams, go in alphabetical order, start in Arizona, out there in the desert, and come all the way to our nation's capital, Washington, the Washington football team. Chuck on them. So we'll get through all 16 teams, the latest you need to know, position by position, the news that's coming out from the beat reports and kind of the insider information that's been floated out there for all these teams. So we did that in comprehensive nature for the AFC. So check that show out if you missed that yesterday. That's up, and uh, now we have to move forward with the NFC. Coming up on deck, we will break down the training camp battles, situations you need to watch here, where there's some question mark about the pecking order, about who's the starter, all that good stuff. So we'll go through quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end next week and then we'll also uh, start a look at the new offenses there you need to look at in the AFC and NFC changing coordinators uh, different mindsets for teams and how that will affect fantasy football so a lot of good stuff coming ahead in our training camp preview starting with the AFC and NFC news and notes roundup and uh, again dive into the camp battles and uh, how these systems are going to be with a little systems check here for uh, both conferences so a lot of good stuff ahead here as we go full bore with fantasy football for 2021 let's uh start here and get into the cardinals and what we're hearing about them going into training camp there's a lot of rumblings about chase edmonds what is his role going to be as the new feature back here well it looks like he's going to be pretty heavy touches james connor was signed we know kenny drake moved on and hopes to uh, be a part of that raiders committee with josh jacobs well chase edmonds hoping not to be in a committee here with Connor coming over. We know Connor also has a lot of durability issues from his time in Pittsburgh, even though he had some volume. They really like Edmonds a lot in this offense with Cliff Kingsbury spreading the ball around. He's a good compliment to Kyler Murray. They kind of were fickle. They liked Drake a little bit more. We know uh, they had a move in Arizona where Drake just became too expensive. They liked him in the offense, but thought Edmonds could do a similar job here. So it moved from David Johnson to Drake and now to Edmonds. And I think I look at Cliff Kingsbury. He wants a guy that can be versatile, catch passes, do a lot of damage, uh, finish drives as well. Edmonds gives them a lot of that. Where I think James Conner is a little bit limited in terms of the versatility. I think he's a pretty good power back, and he's not a zero as a receiver. But I think Edmonds is a better asset in all aspects there for the Cardinals. So when you look at Chase Edmonds, I think he's going to live up here to seeing he touches here enough to think he's an RB2 here in 2021. 
And in relation to that, Kyler Murray says he wants to run less. We'll see about that. Some of the things are related to the defense and how well it plays. And if they can play with leads, I would expect Murray to kind of handle that where they can just hand off the backs and uh, not have to have the volume and have him create plays here through the passing and running games. Because a lot of the things that Murray does on the run comes from pass attempts. They're not all designed runs here for Kyler Murray. So that's something to keep in mind. Again, Kyler Murray, it's a special aspect of his game. I don't think it's only going to be something they totally take away, but I also don't see a situation where he's running that much where they'll contain a little bit more, and at the same time, you could see a boost in his passing numbers because of the increased weapons here. So we'll have to see how it plays out in the wide receiver core beyond DeAndre Hopkins, but certainly there's reason for him to run less because Edmonds is a good, pretty good back. He's got better weapons all around here. He's settled in the offense here in year three, so we'll see what they do there. Another one of those playmakers that came in is Rondell Moore. It was a bit of a surprise that they took him, but... Look at Andy Isabella, Christian Kirk, they added A.J. Green. Larry Fitzgerald hasn't made up his mind, but he's probably going to retire here. So they want to get these quick cogs into the game, Moore, Kirk, Isabella. So Moore's going to have to cut with those guys to see some roles, but they're going to design some things. Cliff Kingsbury has pretty much indicated here for the rookie dynamic player out of Purdue. We'll see what his big role is. I'm not uh, jumping to him in fantasy right now, but uh, good news on the Edmonds and Murray front here if you're investing them investing in them in fantasy football here in 2021. The next team would be Atlanta that we look at. Uh, speaking of feature, Kyle Pitts is going to be featured in the pass game. So Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, a lot of targets here coming with no Julio Jones. So there's been some to see what they're going to do at wide receiver to help replace Julio Jones. But Pitts gets a big boost here as a rookie with no Jones. Pitts is also a key red zone target. Calvin Ridley has been a key touchdown maker as well for Matt Ryan. We know from the days in Tennessee, Arthur Smith, who will be calling the plays for Atlanta as the head coach, liked to feature the tight end, whether it was Jonah Smith or Delaney Walker and a little bit of Anthony Ferkser now going forward. But Kyle Pitts should certainly be featured focal point of the passing game here, playing off Calvin Ridley as they go maybe short to intermediate. Occasional play action, Pitts can stretch a field down the middle of the seam here. So let's look at Pitts, but yeah, definitely the feeling is that Pitts is going to be that number two target right there with Calvin Ridley. Now we'll see about who else they get to produce here in the passing game. Russell Gage is the best candidate. He had some good numbers when Julio was on the shelf. They see him as a guy that can line up in a variety of roles. I could also see a lot of 12 personnel with this team using two tight ends with Pitts and Hayden Hurst. That means two receivers on the field, Gage and Ridley. So we'll see how that plays out, but they think Gage can line up anywhere in the offense, which should help him stay on the field. I just don't know if the big targets are going to be there after Ridley and Pitts kind of dominate the situation, much like we've seen Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey as a wide receiver tight end combination dominate there for Kansas City and, and other players filling the gaps. Another one of those players is Cordell Patterson. He's right now the number two running back on the depth chart behind Mike Davis. So they said he might have a little bit more of a Dedicated running role here. We'll see about that. He's been pretty much used as a gadget player of late, especially with Chicago and uh, New England and, you know, back in the day with Minnesota. So we'll see what Cordell Patterson does. They said they have a key role for him. We'll see. It, it, it's interesting that they don't really have a traditional number two running back that you feel comfortable with. You have Kadri Olsen. You have the undrafted rookie Javian Hawkins behind Mike Davis. But certainly there's a role here for Patterson is a hybrid player to uh, be effective in this offense in certain sets for Atlanta. 
The next team we'll check in on is uh, Carolina here. And uh, Carolina, Christian McCaffrey, if you're worried about his workload coming off the injury-riddled season, don't worry. Joe Brady said they're going to keep using Christian McCaffrey the way they would like with high volume here in this offense. So McCaffrey's going to get his usual run of touches. They're not going to be necessarily careful or cautious with the way he's used. They're going to use him traditionally here. And that's great news if you're thinking about Christian McCaffrey as the number one overall pick. It's going to be Christian McCaffrey is old, and we know with his athleticism and hard work ethic and all that, that you know that he's going to be in full shape, full speed here. So I wouldn't worry too much about that, and certainly they're not going to do any easing in type of situation here with McCaffrey in 2021. The offensive line, good news, some good developments there. Taylor Moten, franchise player. And then you also have a, a key rookie there, Brady Christensen, who can end up on the left side. So between Moten and Christensen, maybe an upgrade here for the Panthers' offensive line. They're excited about what Christian can, Christensen can do. But either way, some energy there for this line to help uh, McCaffrey and others in this offense. Now, wide receiver, we're looking at the third battle right now. Right now, in the number one and number two spots, you would think Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore have them on lock. But you also have David Moore, the former Seahawk, and Terrace Marshall, the rookie from LSU, big target. And really... You look at the way that uh, David Moore is, is a bit of a slot option. Marshall's a big target, so you think he's more outside and a contingency here for Robbie Anderson. So I would lean a little bit to more, more towards David Moore. He's been uh, serviceable when needed with Seattle. And uh, Marshall, again, getting his feet wet in a complicated offense. The one thing that helps is he did have a connection with Brady at LSU a couple years ago. So that might help Marshall. But I think Marshall Moore could displace Robbie Anderson on the outside. Very similar skill set, body type on the outside here for the Panthers. Let's go to Chicago. And uh, David Montgomery, the word is uh, Matt Nagy and uh, Bill Lazor, the offense coordinator, want to get him about uh, 40 touches per game here. So, or not 40 touches, 20 touches per game. Yeah, so half of that. But uh, if it was 40 touches, we'd be uh, taking him as the number overall pick. But David Montgomery is still in the conversation as an RB1, so we doubled it up in David Montgomery. So that's despite the return of Terry Cohen, who, by the way, is still having a little bit of issues with his knee, not fully healthy here. So that could also help how they use Montgomery. But they're confident he's a feature back. So Montgomery, I think people kind of jumped on him as a rookie, having really high expectations. Then they overlooked him last year. Then he was pretty strong down the stretch. This year he puts it all together, David Montgomery. So 20 touches, not 40, but still ample. It's a big number in fantasy football we're looking for. I think 20 is kind of the floor for David Montgomery. They want him to get, I think, a baseline 20 touches, but I think more like 25. It would not surprise me if he goes well over 400 in terms of his rushes and receptions here in 2021. Al Robinson, no deal on the table. Doesn't look like he's going to be in Chicago. That means he's playing for a contract elsewhere on his third team after coming over from the Jaguars, resurrecting his career with the Bears. So he's still playing at an elite level here. So we'll see him where he ends up. But Robinson, highly motivated here, no matter who's quarterback for the Bears. And that's the question mark, Dalton versus Fields. Right now, it's still the expectation Andy Dalton is going to start. He played with Laser in Cincinnati over Justin Fields. But if Fields shows something and earns itself in training camp with kind of just the dynamic play that Dalton can't offer with his athleticism, the Fields has a chance here. So I think they want Fields to go out and win the job. He's not going to be handed it simply here over Dalton, and that's kind of the way they're approaching it, I think, psychologically with Nagy naming Dalton starter here early. The final team we'll get to in this segment, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they're a good place to 
get to before a break. Uh, Amari Cooper still dealing with some ankle issues here. Maybe slow down the beginning of training camp, but had some off-season surgery. We'll see how it plays out for Amari Cooper. I think, again, Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, kind of co-receivers there, that wide receiver two uh, high-end and wide receiver one borderline, the way they're used interchangeably. Speaking of which, Lamb is lining up everywhere. So is Michael Gallup. So they're trying to make all three receivers interchangeable, which in turn is great for Dak Prescott, where these guys can line up and create matchup problems. But yeah, Cooper, Gallup, Lamb, one of the best trios in the NFL. I think Lamb is going to be much better in year two. Gallup has good chemistry. Dak Prescott stretching the field. So all these three guys are going to be helped by Dak Improved. So is Ezekiel Elliott out of the backfield. He said he's focused. He's in better shape here. He wants to rebound. He feels like he let the team down a little bit without Dak Prescott last year. But a lot of Elliott's success is tied in with Prescott opening the field here with the three receivers and multiple tight ends and all that. So we'll look at Dallas here. But Ezekiel Elliott in position for a bounce back season tied to the return of Prescott where this entire offense is more legitimate. The balance is there. The way to finish drives is there as the passing game sets it up for the running game. And again, Dak's running in itself is a big boost here for Zeke Elliott. So big bounce back in fantasy. But don't sleep on Tony Pollard. He's a key part of this offense now after what he showed in flashes last year. So Elliott's still an RB1 there, but uh, Pollard certainly gaining in that situation. All right, so there's a look at five teams there in the NFC. We'll get to the other 11 in our final two segments. I do have to tell you about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing as we break from the All-Star Game, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news and odds and information for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Don't forget about the NFL future odds and props. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams prep here for the big second half of the baseball season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is enter the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back here to uh, start breaking down the rest of the NFC team, their news and notes going in train camp, starting and continuing with the Detroit Lions. All right, so let's uh, pick up where we left off here. We got through Arizona, Atlanta, Carolina, Chicago, Dallas. That would say Detroit is next in our little Animaniac song to help us remember the NFL teams in alphabetical order. A lot of things happening in Detroit where the change is real here with the new quarterback, new head coach, new offense coordinator. Those would be in order. Jared Goff. Anthony Lynn and Dan Campbell taking over the regime here with the Lions. One thing we know, TJ Hawkinson primed for a big year as a receiver. They have a lot of question marks there at that position. They cleaned house between Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Danny Amendola. So starting fresh at wide receiver, Hawkinson is going to be a focal point there. Everything he does, and just a stud tight end all around as a first-round pick. DeAndre Swift, that also means a lot of his action. Jared Goff and DeAndre Swift have built a chemistry in the short to intermediate passing game. So Swift should see a big bump up in his usage there on top of the being the feature back a little bit, he'll get a little relieved by Jamal Williams, the former Lion, or former Packer. He's the current Lion, but the former Packer who cut into the work of Aaron Jones. But maybe a blueprint there to watch DeAndre Swift, a little bit of Austin Eckler in him, but also a little bit of Melvin Gordon in him. So big year maybe ahead here for DeAndre Swift with the touches for the Lions as well as Hawkinson. Now, wide receiver, if we're trying to extract some uh, value, uh, we have to see who Goff is connecting with there. He's 
in line here with Hawkinson and Swift, but is it going to be Quintus Cephas stepping up, or will you see the rookie Amon Ross St. Brown from USC step up? So that's a good battle to watch, because your other options right now are Brashad Perryman and Tyrell Williams. They're journeyman kind of outside guys that flashed in other spaces, but Cephas here, uh, looking at it, uh, has impressed, and St. Brown, again, has a lot of qualities in that slot that you look at, uh, maybe the qualities of Robert Woods, who went to USC, and Cooper Cup, who worked the slot there for the Rams with Jared Goff, so some things to watch with St. Brown and Cephas maybe having bigger roles than the veterans as they complement Hawkinson from Whiteout here in 2021. The next team we'll talk about is the Green Bay Packers. We'll stay in the NFC North and uh, go there to Wisconsin. Uh, Devontae Adams' contract, he's playing for the big deal here. So they said they want to work on the deal, but probably part of it is tied to Aaron Rodgers and his future. Devontae probably wants some assurances there. He'll take the big money, of course, if he has to play with Jordan Love or another quarterback going forward. But something to look at, Devontae Adams certainly motivated there. Another player that's motivated with a little bit of an opportunity is Amari Rogers, spelled the same way as Aaron, no relation, the Clemson receiver. So we talked a little bit about him as a sleeper to watch here as a rookie. Marcus Vandalis-Scanley has moments. Al Nazard has been okay. We've had some other receivers step up here in moments opposite Adams, but no one consistent. Rodgers can end up being a key cog for the other Rodgers, so we'll see how that plays out, but Marty Rodgers so far is impressed in limited action. Now, if there's any question about Jay Sternberger cutting into Robert Tunyon's role, Tunyon has the big deal. Sternberger facing a suspension here, so Tunyon is going to remain a key target as they kind of figure out still the number two and number three receivers at whiteout for Adams and playing off him for Aaron Rodgers. The next team we look at as we flip all the way to the West and go to the NFC West, Los Angeles Rams, Cam Akers, every indication is they're going to give him workhorse duties here. So no more Malcolm Brown. They moved on from him as a backup. Daryl Henderson, injury riddled uh, so far in his young career. Cam Akers going into year two. They're going to give him every chance to be the centerpiece of this offense. No surprise, but confirmed here with kind of the reports that are early that Cam Akers can do everything for what Sean McVay and his coaching staff want. And the other update quickly with the Rams that we're going to look at, Cooper Cup, can he come back healthy? How is he going to rebound with a new quarterback, Matthew Stafford, in there instead of Goff? Goff and Cup had great chemistry, we know. But uh, I think the biggest question is going to be, Cup, can he stay on the field and uh, shake off some past injuries? There's always something with Cup. And we know there's a good history with Stafford, Danny Amendola, Golden Tate, and others working in the middle of the field. So Cup, again, we'll watch that. But I think Robert Woods is going to end up being the most valuable Rams receiver in this new offense. As Stafford gives them a lot more ability to uh, stretch the field here in 2021. Going back to the NFC North, we go to Minnesota. Irv Smith is in a good position to break out. They want to get the ball into him in different ways at tight end. It's a team that uses a lot of two tight end sets. To that end, they're going to see a lot of Tyler Conklin. We've been talking about him He's a reason why they could move on from Kyle Rudolph beyond the money for a veteran here to try to keep him. Irv Smith is going to be the key part at tight end, and they're going to throw to him quite a bit from that spot. You figure he's going to be the third option behind Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. But Tyler Conklin, don't sleep on him cutting into Irv Smith's job a little bit in different situations there. They like his uh, skill set overall, so something to watch there. Doesn't dissuade you from taking Irv Smith, but uh, temper your expectations maybe here as a sleeper uh, tight end one in 2021. Now, we're still trying to figure out who the third wide receiver is, and this player may not see a lot of work if they go the 12 personnel and you have to two wide outs, Jefferson and Thielen, but big pileup here between look at Chad Beebe, Olabisi Johnson, K.J. Osborne, Emir Smith-Marset, but Blake Prohl, remember, 
The name Prohl, uh, Ricky Prohl, the former Rams player who helped them win a Super Bowl. So, again, so these names all over the board here. Who can uh, build a key third role? But uh, any of these guys are in the mix here. But, again, this opens the door for Irv Smith to have a key role. And then Conklin in those two tight end sets for Minnesota. We go to New Orleans. And uh, Michael Thomas, a center point here, is can he... Rebound from a disappointing season overall. He kind of disappeared. He had the injury. They had question marks about his return. He kind of pouted. He was in the coach's doghouse. Michael Thomas, however, is a special player with a big contract, so we'll see. But ankle seems to be fully healthy here. That helps for Michael Thomas to have a rebound season. We'll see how it navigates here between the two new quarterbacks away from Drew Brees. Now, there's also an indication that the Saints are going to be very run-heavy. So not only does that, of course, help Alvin Kamara as you boost him as an elite RB1, but also Latavius Murray seeing a key role for the Saints here. So that could be what they're doing, lean on the run, and the indication might be Taysom Hill is the way they go quarterback, and uh, they want to support the quarterback no matter what and run a little bit more. So Latavius Murray could also benefit here from seeing bumps with Alvin Kamara. Now Winston versus Hill is a good battle. Jameis gives you a little bit more downfield ability. Hill, of course, gives you the wrinkles. They can run the ball and all that kind of stuff. So we'll have to see how it plays out. We'll kind of have a better indication of the way the Saints want to operate their offense. You figure if it's Hill in there, even with the ability to downfield pass, he has a pretty big arm. Their weapons say with Michael Thomas, Adam Troutman, the backs, that they're still going to be short to intermediate passing team. And that ultimately could tilt this battle surprisingly to Hill. Winston gives them a little bit more passing. But either way, I think the running game is going to be a big part. We'll have to see how Winston versus Hill plays out. I would lean a little bit towards Winston, but I would not be shocked if Hill is the man in the end. The final team we'll get to in this segment as we close out the ends in the AFC, NFC. We've already done that with the AFC, with New England and the Jets. In the NFC, it's New Orleans and the New York Giants. And update on Saquon Barkley. Looks pretty good with his knee injury. He got hurt, remember, very early in the season in Chicago last year. So tore up the ACL. He knows that... Uh, he has to be careful here. Can't afford another big injury, short period of time. His dur- durability issues have kind of piled up for, for Saquon Barkley. Remember, he touched the ball a lot at Penn State, so that could be catching up with him a little bit, but he wants to rebound big time. Giants are going to be careful, however. They did get Devontae Booker, so they've indicated a little bit with Joe Judge and Jason Garrett that they might be a little bit reserved with Barkley early in the season. They want to make sure his knee is all good to go here and don't have him have a breakdown again early in the season after what happened and uh, wiped out his uh, 2020 with that devastating uh, injury against the Bears. Now, Kadarius Tony, we know it's a bit of a crowd for the first-round pick out of Florida. It wasn't the best landing spot. Darius Slayton is there. There's some chemistry between him and Daniel Jones. Jones is trying to get on the page with Galladay. Kenny Galladay is their new number one. And Sterling Shepard is a versatile guy that can play inside-outside and handle the slot. Tony projects as a good big slot in the NFL. Maybe they'll move on from Shepard at some point with his injury issues. Or Slayton may not be man. But for now, Kadarius Tony clear as a fourth receiver for the Giants going into training camp. All right, that uh, takes care of a now 11 teams in the NFC. We'll catch you up on the last five teams, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Seattle, Tampa Bay, and Washington in our final segment. But I do have to tell you that this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers and makes and models, it's now possible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why are you often pointless for seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on the computer, choosing the only brand the warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even a 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? 
Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need at rockauto.com. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car, truck, right locked on there. How'd you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. You can find them all at rockauto.com. Anything that's hard to find, they will take care of you there. Auto parts, anything is easy to find when you go to rockauto.com. And I also have to tell you more about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. What's your favorite Built Bar flavor? It's really hard to decide unless you try them all. And some of them are just like this. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. The only way to find out what your favorite flavor is, and I found out mine, were the brownies and the chocolates and all that, is to try a mix box uh, where you get two each of the core nine flavors. Uh, and with each Built Bar, you're getting a bar that's covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Not only are the Built Bars the best tasting protein bars out there with their flavors, but they're healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, some have 18. So 17 18 grams of protein, 130 calories to 180 calories per bar, 4 gra 5 grams sugar, and 4 to 5 grams net carbs in each Built Bar. Nine amazing core flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get a mix box or all of one, whatever you like there from Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order use the promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com check them out right now built bar the official protein bar of the u.s track and field team we'll be here next week again to break down the battles we'll start that uh, quarterback running back wide receiver tight end again we'll do a systems check on the offenses there let's complete our look however at the nfc latest news and notes going to camp this kind of serves as your preview uh, there uh, for the teams as we know things will rapidly change for the philadelphia eagles one thing that won't change is dallas goddard seeing a big role here with nick sirianni and shane steichen the new offensive brain trust for the eagles so if zach Ertz wasn't moved we would hope that would have happened so that Goddard could be the clear-cut tight end. But regardless of Ertz being there, Dallas Goddard's going to have a key role in the pass game with questions of the wide receiver. We kind of knew this, but now it's confirmed, especially with Sirianni's history using the tight end in Indianapolis. Miles Sanders could also see an expanded role here. They want to focus things around the running game a little bit more. I know there's been talk about people cutting into his work, including the rookie Kenneth Gainwell. But Miles Sanders in for a good position to bounce back here in the new offense as well as Dallas Goddard in Philadelphia. At wide receiver, it's an interesting development. I think for now, what you're looking at is Devonta Smith, the rookie from Alabama, first-round pick, starting on one of the outside slots. And then Jalen Rieger, the first-round pick out of TCU from the 2020 draft, starting in the slot, probably, with his quickness skill set. So that's not necessarily news. good news for Greg Ward, who kind of manned the slot last year. It's not great news for Travis Fulgham, as he battles... He was benched down the stretch last year. Remember, he was a bit of a revelation in the middle of the season working with Carson Wentz, but then he disappointed the coaching staff. They made the change from Wentz to Jalen Hurts, and Fulgham disappeared kind of, and Greg Ward had a little bit bigger of a role here as Rieger kind of still got his feet wet. But So the third receiver is still a question mark here. Fulgham, Greg Ward, they still have John Hightower, J.J. Arthago-Whiteside, but really that's probably why they kept Zach Ertz here to use a lot of 12 personnel with Goddard knowing that Smith and Rieger are probably the most trusted receivers here as their youngsters with the first-round pedigree in 2021. 
The next team that we'll break down as we go out to the NFC West, the San Francisco 49ers. Trey Lance, we'll see how quickly they want to get him on the field. There is talk about ways to maximize Lance with their personnel outside of Trey Lance, but for now, Jimmy Garoppolo still looks like the starter for week one, but Lance could be activated anytime. And there's things going on in the background where he's getting up to speed in this offense pretty quickly. It's a quarterback friendly offense, also run friendly, so that should help Lance in the end here at some point. I expect Lance to start at some point here, especially the 49ers are out of the playoff race. If they're in the playoff race and playing at a high level, it might be harder there. Or they might just simply have the same situation we had way back in the day with Alex Smith and Kyle Kaepernick, where Jimmy Garoppolo gets the offense to one point, but then they look at Lance having the higher upside with his running ability here. Just throwing it back to uh, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, Smith and Kaepernick is a very similar situation to Garoppolo and Lance, so I could see Lance uh, turning the page here in the second half. Now, there's another Trey as a rookie that we have to look at in San Francisco. That's Trey Sermon. Now, right now, there's a lot of debate. Is Raheem Mostert going to be the man? Is it going to be a dose of Jeff Wilson Jr.? The, I know Wilson and Mostert had their care, share of injuries last year. They moved on from uh, Jarek McKinnon and some of these other peripheral backs that they had, including uh, Tevin Coleman. So Trey Sermon does have an opportunity here. He's a big back. He's glider. He fits the zone blocking scene pretty well. Kyle Shanahan here. So we'll see what happens with Trey Sermon, but I, I would expect Trey Sermon has a bigger chance to have a bigger role earlier at this point than Trey Lance as rookies in this offense. Let's stay in the division to the rival of the 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Gerald Everett, they definitely want to keep him as a focal role in the passing game, but we've seen this before with different guys. We'll see Will Disley cuts into it. Greg Olson has retired officially here. It's been a while since the Seahawks tight end has been uh, relevant here in fantasy football where we can trust them. Gerald Everett, could he change things here? We'll see. Comes over from the Rams, and that's notable because that's where their offensive coordinator Shane Waldron's from. So maybe they'll scheme some things for Everett here. Playing as a third receiver, I think you could have... A little bit more of an emphasis in the passing game, going away from the conservative ways of Brian Schottenheimer. So that could help Everett, as well as the question mark about Dwayne Eskridge, the rookie. He's got a toe injury, so we know that DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are the big studs here in the passing game, but they're still trying to find a third option here. Would we see Everett in a hybrid role? Do we see more 12 personnel? Do we see Everett having a key spot here playing off Metcalf and Lockett, we'll see how it goes, but Eskridge toe doesn't really help his uh, chances here to have a big role as a rookie as a number three target. On the backfield, we'll see how it plays out. Chris Carson's backup situation always worth monitoring here because of his injury history. Rashad Penny coming off major injury of his own. Travis Homer battling an injury right now. So Alex Collins, remember him? He was the guy who river danced. He originally was with the Seahawks and ended up with Baltimore and had like a flash in fantasy and reality for them before some things happened there where they had to move on from him. Well, Collins is in the mix, fighting for a role here. They like his style here in this offense. We'll see how it goes. But certainly it's not set in stone that Rashad Penny is going to be the key, most trusted backup at this point. Penny borderline bust is a first-round pick. I think he's already there. But again, some situation flux behind Chris Carson. We go to Tampa Bay. Chris Godwin looking for that contract as a franchise player. I think it'll come at some point, but uh, we'll see. They have to still navigate that. Antonio Brown was re-signed, so we'll see how their role is. But I was similar expect expect the offense from last year with a lot of Mike Evans in the red zone, big guy stretching field. Godwin is that reliable guy all over the field, and AB having plenty of targets as well. So this could really hurt the tight ends in the end with the crowd there between OJ Howard returning from injury, Rob Gronkowski and Cameron Brait, so this is where they really want to go with the Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich offense, so 
I think if anyone's going to duplicate their second half performance from last year, I think it's A.B. more than Rob Gronkowski. In the backfield, clearly it's the same mix here with Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. Look at using Keyshawn Vaughn more on special teams. Gio Bernard looks like a receiving specialist if he makes the team. So why would you mess with that combination? It was great. You had Ronald Jones, had a lot of big runs and helped them in a lot of situations. Leonard Fournette was key in certain games and also a key pass catcher for this team. So it's hard to mess with a championship team when everything is intact here. So still a lot of Fournette and Jones. Bernard maybe a long shot to make this team, and Vaughn maybe seeing a different type of role off the bench here for the Tampa Bay. Finally, we end with a W team in the NFC. That's the Washington football team, soon to have a new name. We know it won't be Warriors, but they're definitely looking at a new name here. The president, Jason Wright, has indicated that, so this will be the last year in fantasy football. We'll refer to them as the football team. Side note there, but... Definitely key as they brand this team. And the branding of this team on the field is an exciting offense. Man, they have a lot of weapons. That includes their two running backs here, Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. McKissick, they liked in a receiving role last year, but I think Gibson's role, remember they've likened him to Christian McCaffrey, see a lot more receptions there. So McKissick, I think, could see a dwindling role here, especially with the different rebooted nature of their wide receiver situation. Terry McLaurin came in, but they also signed Adam Humphreys in the slot, so be interesting to see if they get interchangeable with the way they use two tight end sets and uh, get the 11 personnel, especially with Samuel, ability to play the slot at times. Samuel is battling a growing injury, but he should be fine. They're expected to be a lot of McLaurin and Samuel stretching the field at speed and quickness. Humphreys as a guy inside. That should definitely cut into what McKissick is used like year 2021. It's Gibson also bumps up into more of a feature role for 2021. All right, there you have it. There we got through all the NFC latest news and notes, things that you needed to know going in training camp, things to store away as you start building your cheat sheets. Understanding how to dominate fantasy football in 2021 means learning what's coming up before the season and going into training camp. You're armed with a lot of information. Knowledge is power, folks, and that's what we give you. No-nonsense stuff here on Locked on Fantasy Football. And we'll do it all season long as we go into regular season mode. We'll have five shows a week starting next week, yep. So, again, we'll get through all the positional battles, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and we'll start to, with a couple shows looking at the offensive coordinator, scheme changes, play caller, all that good stuff here to know going into camp and how that may affect how teams practice and prepare in the preseason. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, Giannis Attentacampo blocks the Phoenix Suns from going up 3-1. It's now 2-2 in the NBA Finals between the Bucks and the Suns. Get more of the sports news you need in less time the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Same thing here for Locked On Fantasy Football. We're on Odyssey. We're on all your formats here. Uh, there, Check us out. L-O-F-F, this is a good time to get into Lockdown Fantasy Football. No nonsense, straight to the point, in-depth information here. Pack it all in here for you every weekday. Check us out here on the Lockdown Fantasy Football. Check out all the great shows here on the network, across the network, NFL and beyond on Lockdown. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Mini Iyer. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. See you Monday as we start breaking down the quarterback battles for Training Camp 2021. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. 
Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.